All Hallows' Eve has become a night of frolic, oh. where children wear costumes and run amok. Amok! 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 named Max and his little sister move to Salem where he struggles to fit in before awakening a trio of diabolical witches who were executed in the 17th century. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, tonight on Extras and Epilogues, we are talking about the Halloween classic, Friday the 13th, part four. Wait, no, I got my weeks wrong. Hold on. No, that's the same No, plot. you're on the right week. That's the yeah, same you're plot. on the right week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my... My name is Shannon Young. I'm going to be your host tonight. Uh, with me, of course, I have our other host for the evening, Mr. Hunter Hendricks. Did you did you say this is extras and epilogues? I did. I'll say it now, just in case. Okay, I missed it. We'll say it again. I was wondering. I was like, wait, did we jump right past it? All right, you know what? We're going to do something. It's Halloween week. All right, rewind for just a second. You intro the show and then intro me. You do what I did. Oh, oh, oh okay. All right. Hang on. I can clear my throat. <clears> okay. <throat> <clears throat> A teenage boy named Max and his little sister move to Salem where he struggles to fit in before awakening a trio of diabolical witches who were executed in the 17th century. All this and more from the classic Disney's Hocus Pocus, released originally in 1993 tonight on this Halloween episode of Extras and Epilogues. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Hunter Hendricks as the box office opens tonight. With me is my co-host as always, Mr. Shannon Young. Hey, 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 hey. And, of course, our special guest for the night, our Disney specialist. Who else would we bring on to talk about Hocus Pocus but Lindsay Wolfgang? Can I offer you the chocolate-covered finger of a man named Clark? Oh, it's candy. Why would he give us candy? Why would Master give us candy, Lindsay? And with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we will now, Hunter and I will take our leave. During the next hour, Lindsay's going to <laughs> ramble incoherently about Hocus Pocus. We are unnecessary Why does it in this have show. to be incoherent rambling? Really Can't quick. Can it be coherent occasionally? Really quick. We got to plug a sponsor real quick. Of Podzilla 1985, this Halloween edition of Extra Epilogues, is proudly presented to you by the Freak Phone. That's 1-900-490-FREAK. Call Freddy Freaker right now. $2 a call. Hunter, how much is that call? One more time. It's only two dollars to call in. You can hear what's scamming from New York to L.A. Find That's out, coast to coast. Find out what's happening and what's not. That's on the Freak Phone, ladies and gentlemen. Give it a call right now. One nine hundred four nine zero Freak. Tell them. Uh, tell them. Extras and epilogues sent you. <laughs> Important to note that phone does not work. <laughs> no, there's no way it still works. I, I don't know that it works in the first place. So, I don't know that you could ever get anybody on that phone. According to this, not to take away too much from the show. Uh, the Freak Phone was in service from 1988 to 1995. Seven years. Wow. You could talk to wow. Freddie Freaker. Yeah. Freddie Freaker was seven years old. Well, that implies that he was born on the Freak Phone. That doesn't, I don't like that. Here's the part that, I don't like that at all. Here's the part that bothers me <clears throat> on top of all the other things that bother me. No known accessible recordings of the Freddie Freaker phone line exist. Though physical no. recordings supposedly exist, none have ever been released online, and it is considered lost media. So the only thing they have is the commercial, which is real oh. strange. Lost media is strange. I, I, for the record, I love lost media. I think this it's is so this, fascinating. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's not something I talk about a lot, but I love lost media. I love when they unearth lost media. Lindsay, you remember a couple year, uh, years ago when they unearthed the original Sailor Moon pitch? Um, yes. Yeah. Yes. 
fascinating. Well, and so. then the fact that they finally found the actual like pilot now, like in its yeah. entirety. Yeah, it's out there for watch. Uh, although we don't recommend it. So back. No, to the- no, we don't. <laughs> Last, last week Unless you were watching no. the whole documentary that I forget what her name is, but there's a whole documentary on YouTube that this girl did her research and finally got a hold of it. And it's a very, very interesting watch. And she does a good deep dive on the whole thing. Could you please focus on what we're here to talk about? No. Like, uh, got to stay on target. Stay on target. I, for what it's worth, I, I, not only have I seen this movie a bunch, but I did actually just finish watching it uh, now maybe 30 minutes ago. Sarah and I said I, I don't haven't watch it. rewatched it yet for this season. I'm glad, it's, I'm glad it's fresh in your mind because I did not rewatch it. Yeah. I remember next to nothing about it, but I'll fake it like I always do in bed. So uh, talking, <laughs> talking about Hocus Pocus, it is a Christmas classic released on July 16, 1993, <laughs> right in the heart of the Halloween season. Directed. Yeah, so that surprises so, me. On, it was a summer release. Like, so let's talk about that because okay. it's, it's actually um, it's down there in the in the notes. There's a little more trivia there than for the uh, for this one than there are for some of the others. Yeah. Um, so Disney dropped this movie in July in 1993 specifically because kids were on uh, summer break from from right. school, and so the idea was that they would be more apt to go to the movies not just once but multiple times to see it. Which is all well and good, but it is decidedly a Halloween movie. I mean, there's nothing about this movie that isn't Halloween themed. Right. Here's the other thing that that people don't take into account, though. This is also the same year that Disney released The Nightmare Before Christmas, and okay. they did that okay. much closer to Halloween, Halloween which is yep. crazy because right. that is a Christmas film. Well, it's, it's both. Oh. Yes. Oh. Um, oh. <laughs> So importantly, I, I think they probably knew which one was worth banking on more. And not that this movie wasn't going to be good, but it was pretty clear of the two which one was going to draw in more attention overall. And so, you know, Ooh. competing with your own and movie this, at Halloween. That was a year that they didn't release an animated film because Lion King didn't drop till 94. Right. What's and Aladdin was 92. Shocking to me, more so, is that they never did a sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas. Considering how Disney likes to whore out their franchises. Uh, there's a book. There's a book that follows Sally and, and her stuff. And yeah. it's really good. Well, there's also a I video game. There, there's a video game that serves as the sequel, which brings back the actors from the movie. Except for the fact, I love this little trivia. And I know we're not talking about Nightmare Before Christmas tonight, but I have to say um, Chris, That'll come later. <laughs> Chris Sarandon reprises his role as Jack Skellington. I love Chris Sarandon. He's one of my favorite actors. But uh, Danny Elfman, I believe, was the singer in the first movie, right? He yes. did the songs. Yes. He did not Originally, return. he was going to do all of it, but he just ended up doing the singing. Well, that, that's the funny part is he did not return for the singing. So Chris Sarandon actually sings the parts in the game. And you understand why they went with Danny Elfman. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that happened in uh uh the lion king as well if i remember correctly jonathan taylor thomas not a singer and i'm trying to no. think of the kid's name now who who sang for for young simba um i have no idea the, the guys over at pod Meets world had him on um and, and so disney ran into that a lot well i mean the same thing happened in uh aladdin um what was his name scott wingert was was the aladdin voice yeah, actor he did but not he do wasn't, the singing no he wasn't right. the singer yeah it was a totally different guy well, even um, even in the Lion King, they had Jim Cummings replace Jeremy Irons for one of the songs because his voice had gone right. out from singing it. It's it's a splicing. I've I've watched an interview yeah. with with uh, Jim Cummings, and he's like, it's a splicing between the so two. But I yeah, got this. He did step in though. I have an issue right now where if I close my mouth, my left ear is muffled to the point I can't hear from it. But if I open my mouth, it's 
perfectly fine. I don't understand awesome. it. I get it every so often. Anyway, let's talk about Hocus you know, Pocus. You know who did sing their own songs? Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, well, yes. well, that's because Sarah Jessica Parker is one of the best people of all time. And in this movie specifically, was so adorable that I... All right, I'll get to it in a second. Let me get through I some, love her in this movie. Let me get through some facts real quick. <laughs> Released ju- uh, July 16th, 1993, right in the heart of the Christmas season. Directed by Kenny Omega. I didn't even know he was alive nope. around at the time. Was it? Who is it? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Kenny Ortega actually did a handful of other things, if I remember correctly. He was, uh, yeah, he's handled a bunch of other, like, uh, Disney Direct stuff. So High School Musical, that's all been him. The original, all the way through a bunch of the others. Um, the Descendants stuff, that's all been him. I don't know if he came back for the sequel to this or not. But, yeah, he's... he's um, he did Newsies. He directed Newsies way back when. I like Newsies. Like, that was one of my favorites. Other yeah. Stuff. yeah, so this has kind of been his um, his bread and butter in, in Hollywood. So the movie basically revolves around um, a, a boy named Max and his little sister. The boy played by... Um, Omri Katz. Yep. And the sister played yep. by Thor Birch uh, in yep. one of her first o- roles. Omri Katz. Omri Katz just named like he just like was born by the nineties itself. Like he was he was birthed from the concept of the nineties. <laughs> his I middle mean, his middle name was Rad. If that is tells that you his actual name or is that his actor name? Now that I don't know, I've never looked that closely into it. Um, I actually I didn't even end up listing him. Usually I'll, I'll list like three or four primary people for the cast. Obviously for this, you, Bette you Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, I'm, Kathy I'm and Jimmy, and then Thora Birch. I'm surprised um, you picked Thora Birch over him. He, I feel like he was a bigger part of the of the movie. He's, he's a, bigger a bigger part of the part, movie, but, but he's not. Uh, he, he doesn't end up becoming as big a deal. And frankly, that's true. <laughs> Sarah and I were watching it again just a little bit earlier, uh, and from the scene he's she a shows up. Bitch. Thora, Thora Birch, who is eight years old, is acting circles around yeah, yeah. every other youth actor. She was an movie. annoying little shit in the film, but she did a damn good job. Well, she's so, believe it or not, she's less annoying than you remember. No, we're no watching yeah, it, and it's yeah. like you know, I, I think that the that the boy that Max is far more frustrating than she is. He's got an angry issue, like he's kicking stuff, he's whiny all the time. Well, Thora, Thora she Birch at least makes sense to be upset. I, I think important to mention that Thora Birch comes from acting. Her parents were both mm-hmm. actors of uh, Carol Connors and Jack Birch, pornographic actors though they were, starring in the film Deep Throat. Um, it's <laughs> it's something. It's still you know, something. You know who you could have had instead of Omri Katz, Lindsay, is Leo DiCaprio. Leo, Leo DiCap. Yeah. yeah. Yep. He auditioned for the role. I, I don't know if he ever actually auditioned for it. I know that he was either offered the role or he was up for it in some way, um, and he turned it down, not necessarily to do what's eating Gilbert Grape, but he was already doing what's eating Gilbert Grape, and the yeah. schedules didn't line up. You could have had Leo. He could have been dating could've Thor Birch. The ages match up. Um <laughs> It would have been. <laughs> no, so, so you want to talk dating? Omri Katz at this time. Now, this is all according to you, Shannon. You know Daniel Harris. Yeah, of um, course. A very common screen queen nowadays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so Daniel Harris did a lot of acting back at that time as well for Disney occasionally, and that whole little group, along with like the kids that were on Boy Meets World and Home Improvement, they were all kind of dating each other off and on. Um, according to Daniel Harris herself, she and Omri Katz were dating during this movie and broke up because he cheated on her with Vanessa Shaw, uh, who plays uh, Allison. Yep. Yeah, I was going to yep. mention that Vanessa Shaw was also in the film. She's a fairly well-known actress, and she did a good job, too. Um, I think sure. everybody did a good job, except for Johnny Katz, or whatever his name was. 
Johnny Cats. Okay. Johnny, Johnny well, Cats. <laughs> I gotta go do a thing real quick. Keep talking. While he's doing that, 96 minutes of fun right there on the Disney Channel. Uh, budget versus box office. <laughs> All of this provided by the great Hunter Hendricks, by the way. Once again, thank you. Uh, I do what I can. $28 million budget versus a $47 million box office. So it did make its money back. Uh, critical reception was kind of chilly at the time of release. 40, uh, 40% positive critic reviews that support 4.8 out of 10 on Rotten Tomatoes. 43 out of 100 on Metacritic mixed or average and a cinema score of b plus despite the fact it's kind of like the thing uh, although the thing was much more hated when it came out originally but it yeah. is it has turned into a cult classic so everyone knows hocus pocus everyone has seen it i think at this point most people have seen it's, the sequel um it's the theatrical release that didn't <laughs> release that didn't do it any any favors it didn't do a thing in the box office it has been like you said it's it's almost literally the definition of a cult classic the original yes. release nothing but then I, once it hits uh, Disney DVD Channel and, and home release yeah. and stuff, yeah. when all it, the time. On TV constantly. and on video is when I saw it because I didn't get really excited about seeing this film until it was featured on a show that went behind the scenes on like Movie Magic that my dad and I watched weekly. And there was an episode where they were almost entirely focused on the special effects that they did in this film. And that's what got me excited. And I'm like, okay, I want to go rent this. Uh I didn't know anything about this film per se. I think I saw it when I was younger. I didn't really watch it again until Lindsay came into my life. <clears throat> All I remember about it was that I thought Sarah Jessica Parker was the cutest girl in the world in this film. Like, and and this is I want to lead this off with an apology to Sarah Jessica Parker because so often in my life <laughs> I refer to her as a type of horse face and mocked the horse-like appearance of her that's unfair and i'm being serious that's unfair she's a lovely woman she's a great actress uh there was stupid jokes it was a stupid person making the jokes um i think she is one of the most beautiful women in in hollywood and in this movie specifically you you talk about crush the crush button i don't think there was a girl that i had more of a crush on in just the small scenes that i saw from her growing up um including the amuck 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 part that was probably like <laughs> yeah, that that to me that was it, man. That was it. I would have put a poster of that on my wall if I could have. I love Sarah Jessica as Parker. As much as I love film. that, as much as I love that bit, for for whatever reason, for me, it's always uh, when they when they figure out that the road is not a black river, tis firm. <laughs> she just jumps on it. When they just like shove her and she screams. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this this she's movie. always doing that. Like four or five times throughout the movie, something will happen and she just screams bloody murder. <laughs> Uh, it, it, the film is pretty much, even though the, you know the the story is kind of focused on Max and his little sister and and the Vanessa Shaw character, um, it, it's really it, it's led by the trio of oh, uh, yes. of Bette yeah. Midler, Kathy, and Jimmy. There's and, a reason of uh, uh, just Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason that they're on the cover, they're on the poster. When they made a sequel, they're the ones they brought back, right? <laughs> like, Along with the great the Sam characters, which was famous. oh yeah, yeah. The other the other characters are mostly ancillary. Uh, something I didn't put on the notes, but Thora Birch apparently was going to come back, um, and then had a scheduling conflict and, and couldn't do it. Couldn't be there for the the um, the filming. Uh, other than that, similarly, I don't think there was any real concern. Well, similarly, the guy that played uh, Max was also going to come back, but he could not get the the evening off from Subway. Um, right. So <laughs> he just, didn't have the bus fare. To he, make to, he couldn't afford the trip. Get that done. <laughs> My hope is that he's a big fan of this show randomly. 
and he's <laughs> listening to us just dog it's like him. these motherfuckers look hey, hey dude if you're listening it could be worse you could have been in dog soldiers so ouch <laughs> the only movie on this uh, list that got all thumbs down like ew, bad anyway Lindsay. Of uh, what we what we normally do on the show, as you remember, is we'll talk a little bit about our feelings on it, and give it some history. Um, I have nothing to add to this because this is not one of my all time favorites. I do like it, but uh, I know you are very fond of it. So if you would uh, please be so kind as to kind of give us a little bit of your history with it and what you liked about the film, what it means to you, that kind of thing. Well, like I said, I I originally got interested in it from that side television show that was showing the special effects and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool looking. Um, other than that, like, I've always enjoyed movies that Bette Midler are in. Like, that's that's just coming down from my mom and especially anything that she had done with, like, Disney in that area. Like, she voiced one of the dogs in Oliver and Company down and out in Beverly Hills. Like, there's a whole bunch of different ones that she was doing projects with Disney at that time. And so, yeah, I was brought in on that end of it for the most part. Um, but I'm also not someone that ever watched scary things at Halloween when I was younger. It was all like, it's the Great Pumpkin Charlie Brown and, and Garfield's Halloween and like the, the little kitty non-scary stuff. So like, this was something extra I could watch at Halloween again. It's just something fun. And I just, I don't know. I, I liked the story. I like all the colors. I'm that weirdo that likes picking out the different pop culture costumes in the backgrounds. And it was just always a Halloween favorite. I am now I'm looking through the cast list here and a couple couple memories are coming back to me about the film. I, I will say as soon as you pointed out uh Kathy in there and then saying that she voices Peggy Peggy Hill, anytime I watch this now, I just hear Peggy. Oh yeah. Like yeah. the tone's not completely there, but that's all I hear. Well I, I have a couple things that are positive and a couple things that are negative. Uh one, the negative, I am now remembering the two bully characters in the movie and how yeah. irritating they are. Oh Jay ice and man. Ice. Ice. Yeah. Ice. He's yeah. ice. He's yeah. Hollywood. Oh yeah. boy, do they I hate suck. that. I hate that. Also, Hunter, for you, I don't know if you realize mm. this, but Charles Rocket is in the film. As the, have it in the, the notes. Dad. Oh, yeah, did you? yeah. Did you? So, yeah. So, there's a, a great little bit of irony. Charles Rocket plays Max's dad, Dave, and at one point in time, early on, when Max comes home, actually, right after he first interacts with the bullies, and he's pissed off because they took his shoes. He's going upstairs, and I forget exactly what he says, he but he, he says. Yeah, he says like he says damn or hell or something um huh. because they've they've moved and the dad looks up the steps and says watch your language. Now Shannon, you and I both know why that would be ironic coming from Charles Rocket yes. considering how he got himself fired from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Uh, <laughs> do yourself a favor, do not do not look up Charles Rocket on Wikipedia cuz it does not have a good ending. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no, it's it's bad news. But there's there's a great clip of when he got let go from SNL. Uh, if you watch it, they had that week done a parody of of the Who Shot Jr. Who shot JR. Dallas. Yep. And at the end of the episode, somebody asks him how he feels about getting shot, and he looks up and he goes, "I want to know who fucking did it, <laughs> or who the fuck did it, or something like that." And that just that was it. Yeah, no more Charles rocking on SNL. <laughs> in the in the same way that you know Jenny Slate got fired not too long after yep. she uttered the f word. Um, yep. Yeah, SNL. But yet, Colin Jost can say the N-word all the time. Makes no <laughs> sense. Makes no <laughs> sense. Uh, <laughs> you are going to get him killed. <laughs> My favorite part about this film, other than Sarah Jessica Parker, Lindsay, obviously, you know the answer to this. 
Probably not. Billy Bones? That's right. You uh, mean Billy Butcherson? Billy Butcherson. I've, yeah, that's whatever. my fault. Man. No, that's my fault. <laughs> I've been call- I keep I keep calling him Billy Bones, and I don't know why. I I like the <laughs> the dance with the song number, and when they're in the school, and they get locked in, and then they come back out saying, "I want my book," and going through the French lesson because it's stupid and it just makes me giggle. <laughs> I just any opportunity I have to talk about Doug Jones because Doug, Doug Jones, Jones is is that's- a treasure. It's probably also why you want to call him Billy Bones because then it rhymes because it's Doug Jones. He plays Billy Bones. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Probably. Uh, he, well, he also uh, came back for the sequel. If I remember correctly. Just like yeah, when he, he slices yep. his throat and just says, bitch, <laughs> Ben Miller. <laughs> something, something I didn't add to the notes there, but, uh, so that bit when he, when he opens up the stitches on his mouth, you know, he there's had a moth the bugs that in flies his out. mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He had yeah, the in had they had a moth trainer. He had so he had like a they had a little mesh cup that goes like in his mouth and keeps him from getting down on his throat, um, and they had a, a literal moth trainer with with uh, tweezers who would put them in. He would close his mouth. They they make it look you know sewn up or whatever, and then as soon as he opened it up, they would flutter out. That, it, that reminds me of uh, another fantastic horror film, Candyman, when uh, Tony Todd. Oh, the bees! The bees. He had. I mean, those were real bees. He had them in his uh. mouth, and yeah, like, oh my god! The, the, talk about the sacrifice for the art, man. Doug Jones. Yeah. I, I just mentioned him on our thirty-one things to watch in October because Doug Jones was mm-hmm. in an episode of Fear itself, Skin and Bones. Maybe that's why I keep calling him Billy Bones. He was in Skin and Bones. His his body <laughs> shape and his his look lends himself well to like the really weird creatures in Hollywood yeah. and this movie's no different. He played a zombie, Billy Butcherson, really, really good. Uh it's a good movie. It's a good film. Yeah. I've got nothing bad to say about this movie. Um I do have stuff bad stuff to say about Ice and Jay, but that, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I distinctly uh remember for, for me this movie is inextricably tied to this time of year um at school. Because this was yeah. one of those things where if you had the the off day before fall break or, you know, when we were, you know, still young enough. So this comes out in 93, which means what? It's on VHS by 94 at the latest. I'm like nine. I'm nine or ten. So, yeah, through a lot of my element, like late elementary, early, you know, middle school years. I mean, this was something that just came up a lot then. Then as you get older, you remember, oh, I watched that thing when I was a kid. So it's on Disney Channel around Halloween and you sit down and watch it. Um, it, a lot of it is nostalgia. Yeah, going back and watching it, I can I can say pretty explicitly, like it's not great from a structural standpoint or anything like no. that. It's got its issues. It doesn't have to be. Um, it's enjoyable though. Yeah. It doesn't have to be. It's fun to watch. It's got a constantly moving plot. It doesn't really ever slow down. Uh, somebody who I feel like never gets enough mention here is, uh, is Jason Marsden. Jason Marsden is the, the voice of Binks. Yeah. So so he, importantly, he's not the actor who plays him when he's human. Um, he but then the weirdly. Well, he does the voice of the cat, and then at the end, when Binks's ghost shows up, that's Marsden. They ADR'd the voice in. So the that's guy hilarious. didn't even get to use his own voice there. If you watch, you can tell it doesn't quite match up, uh, because at that point, you have associated Binks's voice Binks with, with Marsden that. so much that it wouldn't it wouldn't work otherwise. But Jason Marsden is a guy who, uh, again, is a, is a big fan of Boy Meets World. He was on uh, on that show for a while. They've talked about it on Pod Meets World. They've had him on there from time to time. He was huge in the '90s. He, I'm pretty sure oh, he was yeah. on Step by Step. He was in everything. Yep. He was on he Step was on by Step. He did the the voice of Max in a Goofy movie. He was one of DJ's boyfriends on Full House. If I remember yep. correctly, there was one point in time, and and he told the story where he was on every show that was on ABC's TGIF lineup on the same night. Like he he That's had a, awesome. a role on every one of them all at the same time. 
Um, but yeah, he, he was all over the place in the 90s. And uh, if I remember correctly, he's one of the guys who really got Will Friedle into doing voice acting because yeah, that, I would did totally it. he was good at it. Mm-hmm. And they're they're good friends. So yeah, that's it's just uh, he doesn't get enough credit, I don't think, for that. Everybody talks no, about how much Will thinks, and I'm like, but it's Jason Marsden. He's the one who puts yeah. all the, the life into that character. Um, if I remember correctly, I read that they had eight, I think they used eight cats. And the only reason they kept using different cats is because all of them did different things well. And they needed that cat to do a bunch of different things. So it's like, oh, this cat really likes jumping on people. All right, that's the one that's doing all the jumping. (laughs) This one likes cuddling. That's the one that's cuddling with Thora Birch that's going to get carried around. That's the cuddle cat. This one, yeah, this one hisses at people. Or like, you can make it hiss easily. All right, that's the hissing cat. Bring it in for that part. Um, which I think is is pretty great. But I mean, yeah, I mean, they for me, this, well, they cats. blended it real well because I couldn't <laughs> tell the difference. That's a black yeah. cat. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, again, for me, it's just it's inextricably tied to Halloween. It's it's uh, it's good old fashioned family fun, and by that I mean old fashioned in the sense that you can talk about smoking and you there's some swearing in there. Um, yeah, and it was still and, a kids' uh, film. Yeah. And they use the word virgin a lot, which I didn't uh-huh. even know what that was when I was that young. Um, That's because you had were no virgin idea what was going on there. Dork. Oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I was nine. <laughs> I was. I was. I. Just, I remember being really sad at uh, Binks dying. And again, oh, yeah. talking about Thor Birch, her her crying scene over Binks dying, like yeah. was legitimately even to this day. It's still. I still tear up. Oh, yeah. She she was so good at that. What, I'm so critical personally and I, and I think a lot of us are of child actors in films sure. because yeah. a, a bad child actor can break a film but at the same time Absolutely. you can't you can't really blame them because they're a child um yeah a, a perfect example for me is the babadook i really like the babadook oh. film. It's one of my favorite horror films yeah but oh, you want to drop kick that child the, the child the <laughs> is so obnoxious that he almost ruins the film but again yeah. he's a child Star Wars. Go back to Jake Lloyd as Anakin in Phantom yeah. Menace. He's horrible, yeah. but he's a kid. Yes. What do you want? Oh, from, what do you want from well, a kid? Parts that are worse than others, but yeah, because yeah. again, in this movie, Thor Birch knocks it out of the park. I can think of a handful yep. of children actors that are are fantastic. Uh, Chloe Moretz Grace, um, uh, Dakota Fanning. It probably also comes down to whether or not the director knows how to help to get what they need out of them. Yep. Yes. <laughs> child acting is a, it's a whole a whole thing and not to <clears throat> keep drawing this back to again pod meets world but they talk about this a lot because again they were most of them were yeah. you know child actors to that degree they grew and, up and on the set literally something they have talked about often because uh, again i don't have any frame of reference obviously i wasn't a child actor uh something they talked about often though is that the parents make a big difference there too uh, as as two of the three of them have grown up then to direct their own things and often work with kids daniel official does a lot of directing for disney channel now for their original series um they have said outright, you know, the parent that comes in with the child, that's going to make or break whether or not the kid is going to be able to, uh, the, the energy you get from the parent, that's what you're going to get from the kid. And you can right. tell right then, is this going to be a problem? Is this going to work? Um, you'll know, you'll know as soon as you're talking to those parents. Yeah. Yeah. And I, we haven't really even mentioned the, the witches themselves. Cause I know we said that they're the big part of it. And I'm trying to, there's a scene in the film and I'm trying to remember who it is. I, I, I keep coming up with the name Frank Marshall, I don't think it's Frank Marshall. Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Gary Marshall. Thank you. It's him. Well, so it's Gary Marshall and it's Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall. Both, who yeah. of course are brother and sister. Yeah. Uh, but they play husband and wife. Husband in the movie. and wife. And, yeah. and I think it's probably, to me, it's the funniest part of the movie where they think oh, he yeah. is the real Satan. And, yeah. uh, and he goes along with it because they're, you know, they're cute women. 
and he likes the attention. <laughs> and they're paying attention. Yeah. yeah, right. But he's right there with his, his wife, and then she kicks him out with the dog. Master right. is married to Medusa. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See the snakes in her hair. No, that's what Lindsay and I were referencing at the beginning. The, the, yes. they're, when they're leaving, she got the chocolate bar in the, the finger of a man named Clark. Oh, <laughs> it's candy. Why did Master give us candy? Because he's not our master. <laughs> I smell children, but I don't see children. <laughs> also, I am an idiot. I didn't realize, again, even with there being three of them, that they're still doing the whole witch archetype of having the crone, the mother, and the maiden, because I'm a yep. dumbass. <laughs> so I'm guessing the whole thing the, is there. The, the mother is Bette Midler. The crone is Kathy and Jimmy. No, no, no. The crone is Bette Midler. The nurturing one is the mother, which should be Kathy's, and yep. then Sarah's the maiden. The maiden. Yeah, because yep. I, I'm gonna just for you know the sake of this show, I'm gonna look her up in this film again. So because the see crone is always the leader of the witch tr- of the ri- ri- witch trio. Yep, oh. I, they fit the the whole thing perfectly. Uh, oh yeah, there she is. Yep. That's that's the stuff. Okay. Calming circle. Calming circle. <laughs> I I've never been a fan of witch movies. Um I, I can't recall a single movie about a witch that I truly love. Um What about The Witch? Well I was gonna say this is probably the closest one to it other than The Witch. I mean but... witches always terrified me, so I definitely would not want See, that film. Witches have never scared me. Um, no, I meant The Witches is a fucking terrifying oh, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one where they're turning the kids into mice. Mice, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, that one is terrifying. That's messed as up. No. Angelica Houston. It is. So the original. Yeah. And then the remake was. Oh, she does was, a fabulous uh, job in the role, but it was terrifying. Uh, the remake, oh, the remake is, is Anne, Hathaway. Uh, Anne Hathaway, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yes, yeah. and yeah. I don't remember it. I know I watched it. But it didn't leave the same mark as that other one yeah. did as I was a kid. So. Well, it's just like the sequel to this movie. Like, we definitely watched yeah. it last year, and I remember watching it. I, I watched it. I barely it. remember a thing about I it. I was entertained. It was a little cringe because mm-hmm. it was super hokey, but I still enjoyed it. I remember yeah, it fine. most of it. Uh, I remember parts of it. I really don't remember I it remember, at all. I remember, like, um, them as little kids and, like, the flashbacks <laughs> and stuff that way. <laughs> And Why'd you do the Dennis bit about the <laughs> going down on the trampoline? And it was amazing. It was pretty good. It wasn't all that great. <laughs> well, okay, so you take a movie that I vaguely liked, and then you asked me to watch a sequel, which was completely unnecessary. Um, not only unnecessary, for nostalgia. but didn't make a lot of sense. They killed them off. All right, well, let's get to that in a second. We'll, let's go to that now. <laughs> we'll talk about the the epilogues part of Extras and Epilogues. But before we do, as we do on every movie, um, we like to we describe zero of the plot basically, other than there are witches and then there's some kids. Um, if if you haven't seen the film and you're wondering, okay, you blabbering, you know idiots what's the movie about um three witches are trying to i think achieve immortality or something were burned no they were hung but when they they were were hung hung, they 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 made a curse that if a virgin lights this candle on halloween night they will be brought back for one night and if they can devour the essences of children they will continue to live on if not they're done it's pretty dark yeah, shit were. for a Disney movie. I mean, honestly, it, it's it pretty It was also the early 90s, though, and it's so true. they were a little more open to some of the stuff that they don't do now. Murder a little girl in the first, they kill, like, 15 They kill a little minutes. girl. Yeah. 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 And then drag a, a blanket <laughs> over her so that no yeah. one notices when they come. And then they get hanged. So that's like a body count of four in the first half yeah. an hour. I, I don't and know. you can and see most. their feet dangle when they do that. Oh, hanging. yeah. 
why they i don't understand why they decided to make such a specific spell i would have just been like hey the curse is if anyone lights a candle on halloween then we're coming back they had to get so they didn't have a choice it was in that book in her yeah, book, the Necronomicon, that with the eyeball, in it, you know, you know, um, <laughs> it's the only thing keeping them coming back, man. And they keep coming back despite the fact that they're destroyed. <laughs> All right, let's give our review. So the way the rating systems works on extras and epilogues, you got two thumbs up, one thumb up, one thumb up, one thumb down, one down, two down. Is that correct, Hunter? Yep. Did I get that right this yep, time? Yeah, that's your that's your five stars, basically, just yeah. with thumbs instead. Of course, two thumbs up means the greatest movie of all time, a la Ghostbusters. And two thumbs yes. down is a terrible movie, a la Dog Soldiers. Dog Soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we have that frame of reference. And uh, the fact that those episodes are back-to-back just cracks me up. What's, what's uh, although, to be fair, did we give Dog Soldiers two thumbs down? I don't know if I did. I think we gave it one. I think, I think we gave it one because was it was just like a look. When it's I was still... listening to your recording of it, and I'm pretty yeah. sure I fell asleep partway through because I was dying, so I, I don't remember what you rated. At it. least one of us might have given it just all the way I, no I th- good. I think we all agreed that there are some good elements to Dog Soldiers, but rewatching right. it was very poorly executed. Low budget. So bad. It was, yeah. It, mm, mm. So bad. <laughs> anyway, when it comes to Hocus Pocus, let's start it up. I'll take the first run on this. I'm going to give this movie one thumb up. I do like it. Yeah. Uh, I'm close to giving it one up, one down, just because it was never my cup of tea. But good performances. Dark story for a Disney movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah. I mean, it, that's the big thing about yes. this. This is the perfect Holly, yeah. Halloween, almost said Hollywood movie. This is the perfect Halloween movie. <laughs> and Sarah Jessica Parker is the cutest woman in the history of life in this film. Uh, let's go to Hunter for his yeah, movie. Yeah. I'm also going to give it one thumb up and for pretty much a lot of the same reasons there. Again, a lot of this is straight up nostalgia factor for me, um, but it's that thing. This is one of my favorite times of year. Uh, I, I love this season. I love Halloween in general. And so this is part of the process. You watch Ghostbusters. You I actually uh, just look at our lineup for this month because that's pretty much what I do. We watch Ghostbusters, we watch Beetlejuice, you watch Hocus Pocus. You have to get those things in there. Um and tonight was the night where it's just sort of uh, Ghostbusters is kind of my go-to. This is actually Sarah's go-to. I think it's probably safe to say that this and The Nightmare Before Christmas are her, her two favorite um, Halloween movies. Um, yeah, no, again, it's got great performances. Uh, it just keeps moving. I mean, it is the epitome of, even if you call it a Disney Channel movie from that era, that's kind of its own thing, right? Like It's got its own little level of, of prestige. There are people who remember that as their level of nostalgia and i think it's just it's just worth it it's just worth um making that its own you know category so yeah single thumb up it's not the greatest thing i've ever seen obviously uh but it's it's nowhere near you know just average for me it comes in right in the middle there fair enough Lindsay. let's go to you i am also one thumb up i love this movie i really do but it's (laughs) not one that i'm just gonna grab off the shelf any time of year and obviously we're already over a week into october and i haven't watched it yet again this season i'm going to i just haven't yet no absolutely should um if nothing else but for sarah jessica parker i put a picture of her in the text only for babies where she's about to be hung and even about to be hung she just looks adorable I can't, I can't deny my love for Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie. That's that's no hyperbole. That's not me joking around. I really love Sarah Jessica Parker in this movie. I not feel ju- like I feel like if any picture is going to replace, got some of the best lines in this film. <laughs> anybody's going to replace Freddie Freaker as your uh, profile picture for the month of October, it might be this. 
Well, I wish that were true, Hunter, but unfortunately, uh, due to the fact that the Freak Phone oh. is the official sponsor for Podzilla 1985 in the That's month of October. Yeah. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, before we get to epilogues, make sure you call the Freak Phone. That's 1-900-490-FREAK. Talk to Freddy Freaker <laughs> live. One lucky listener, one lucky caller will be allowed to speak to Freddy Freaker live on the phone. That's 1-900-490-FREAK. How much is that? I keep if forgetting you, how much is if that. If you haven't gotten to do it yet, just keep calling. You you yeah. will get through eventually. Well, it's how much only is $2 a call. $2 a call. That's right. $2 right. a call. Lindsay is coughing her ass off. She is such a fan of Freddy Freaker. It's ridiculous. Freddy yeah, Freaker, the official sponsor of Podzilla 1985 in October. So this is the epilogues part of Extras and Epilogues where we talk about what happens after the credits uh, this one's a little bit easy, of course, because they did release a Hocus Pocus 2 for some reason. Um, oh, wait, I do remember they said why. Uh, money. Because they thought they could cash in <laughs> on the nostalgia of Hocus Pocus. true so, Disney style. We will, I, I promise you here, we will never cover Hocus Pocus 2 on this show. I can almost make that a guaranteed goddamn tea. <laughs> so, with that said, um, I did not care for Hocus Pocus 2. I thought it was fine. It was okay. Yeah, it was it was the yeah. stereotypical. It's okay. I love Sam Richardson. I, I, I he, have and I love no Doug Jones. Desire to watch it again. In all honesty, it is as right. soulless of a cash in as you can get. But it did yep. it did click a couple of the nostalgia boxes, so I won't go too hard on it. But Shannon, um, for me, I, I think this is a good comparison for for people like us uh, who will get this. The first movie is a solid workhorse of a of a wrestling match, right? It's got a little bit of everything. It does things well while not being the greatest match of all time. The second movie is a spot fest because it's just a connection. It's, a, uh, it's just a, a collection of scenes. Yeah. It's a collection of scenes of the witches doing stuff. And that's really <laughs> the only important thing. The other characters, we don't need to know about them. We don't need to care about them. The witches are back. They're doing stuff. In fact, that's what's on the poster. Right. Like, they're back. Again. They're back. Yeah. Cool. We don't really care what else is happening. Yeah. I don't why, need to. Why are they back? Doesn't matter. They're no. back and they're doing stuff. No, and it's, uh, it's 25 years later. I'm asking Lindsay specifically, why are they back? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. I thought they were going to base it more on the book that they had put out. I thought. Oh, and then they also made them kind of the good guys in the they, end. They redeemed yeah. themselves. They loved their sisters yeah. so much. They're yes. all. They all. And I, I remember thinking to myself, like, how are they going to wrap this up? Like, how do you make them good guys? And in the very end, they they turned, and it was kind of dumb. I guess it was sweet, but pointless, and it. It, uh, I, I guess it justifies murdering children in the first movie because they love their sisters so much. I, I don't know, man. Um, I also was confused as to why they came back looking 25 years older. Um, <laughs> I don't think they really explained that one. Shit, the uh, the the economy is in shambles. <laughs> the witch economy <laughs> is in shambles. Um, so, Lindsay, since Hunter and I can't remember for the life of us anything about Part 2, kind of give us a uh, rundown, if you can remember, on what Part 2 was. All I really remember is they did some flashbacks of them being, like, kids and some other spitefulness. And they met a witch, right? If that, I remember, that that coming back character to me. had. Yeah, and, like, I, I, some other, like, kid brought them back somehow, and I really don't remember. Right. I'm probably talking on my ass right now. I'm, I'm looking it so up then now. Sam Richardson was involved. He did a thing. He did that. So, okay, Lindsay reference. Well, you're looking that up. Lindsay referenced this book, and I had, I, I was not aware of this until I started researching this for today. Um, 
do you have this book, Lindsay? The the one that I do not. I contemplated buying it, and then I didn't because so, I don't really buy books anymore unless it's physical copies of Laura Olympus, which is fabulous. So this is um, for what it's worth. They've got the hardcover version uh, through Walmart for ten bucks right now. Yeah. Um, but it, it is first of all, it's called Hocus Pocus and the All New Sequel. Uh, so it sounds like a knockoff Harry Potter, but what they're trying to say there is that the book itself is both a retelling of the movie, so it's like a novelization of the original movie, and then like a sequel that goes along with it, but it's in the same book. Now, here's literally the entire synopsis for the sequel. 25 years later, Max and Allison's 17-year-old daughter, Poppy, finds herself face-to-face with the Sanderson sisters in their, all their sinister glory. When Halloween celebrations don't go quite as planned, it's a race against time as Poppy and her friends fight to save her family and all of Salem from the witch's latest vile scheme. Now, that's just the first movie, but yeah. with a different character. Well, okay, I looked up part yes. two. Here's Here's part two. Uh, in 2022, 29 years, 29 years after the Sanderson sisters were resurrected by the Black Flame Candle, Salem teenagers Becca and Izzy prepare to celebrate both Halloween and Becca's Sweet 16. But That's turn- what it was. But they turned down a party in- invitation from their estranged friend, Cassie. Because they and- go out in the woods to be hippies and yeah. Wiccans. Becca and Izzy visit a magic shop, formerly the Sanderson's Cottage, run by Gilbert, who I believe was played by Sam Richardson, who gives Becca a candle for their annual birthday ritual. Girls light the candle and discover that it is another black flame candle. Another one. As there's a full moon and the girls are both virgins, the candle resurrects the Sanderson sisters once again, who also look like they're 30 years older. (laughs) And they they Um, trick them into thinking that they themselves are witches so that they don't just, like, immediately, like, try to eat them. And in yep. the end, of uh, apparently there's a price to pay for becoming all magic, all powerful, and it's that you have to give up the thing you love most, which turns out to be uh, Winifred's sisters. They both disappear. They don't really say to where. They just disappear. And I'm quoting Wikipedia on here. Winifred grows despondent and begs the teenagers to use their newfound powers to save her sisters. While they cannot save them, Becca, Cassie, Cassie, and Izzy join together in a coven and cast a reuniting spell so Winifred happily fades away to be reunited with her sisters. Where? Hell? Heaven? In another world. I mean, well, probably I mean, hell. For, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's where witches go when they're done because they go for, to serve their master. For what it's worth, Max in the original at one point in time tells Winifred to go to hell and she says, or no, no, Billy tells her that. And she says she's already been she there. She found there. it quite nice. Yeah. Well, okay, maybe they so, are happy down there then. I mean, they did refer well, to Satan. That's where they are. They referred to Satan as master, and they were very happy master, to see him. Yeah. So yeah, so maybe that they are happy thing. in hell. Maybe hell's not that bad, it, kids. If there's a lesson to take from this, give up church, <laughs> give up the gospel, and embrace the darkness. And it is said uh, that uh, so so whatever it says that there, or it's explained that she got the book from the devil himself. So he's he's given her gifts. Um, like you said, they're happy to see him. They call him master. She says right. it's quite nice down there. If yeah. her sisters were sent away there, um, you know, even though she had to give up the things she loved the most, that seems like a pretty good trade off. Like they get to go where they want to be and you get to have all this stuff. But now she gets to go be with them too, I guess. Well, because she loved her sisters yeah. more than she loved power. You understand? Except she kind of hates her sisters because she constantly says as much in the first movie. Well, the, well <laughs> in fact, he, well, one of the best lines we didn't even talk about was when she says, "Why was I cursed with such idiot sisters?" And Sarah Jessica Parker's response is, "Just lucky, I guess." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, oh, I love her in that movie. 
Oh my god! Uh, oh, uh, you'll love this because I know we're kind of wrapping this up. Uh, yet another. Oh, thing we still got I, fifteen I minutes, baby. Was, oh, well, we don't have to ramble. There was there was so much uh, uh, trivia that I couldn't put it all on there. But one of the highly rated ones that I had not heard until I went and actually read an interview with her. Um, so a lot of times when you have to do like wire work or any kind of flying in a movie, it's not a, it's not comfortable, right? People are often saying that the just wanted to stay in the harness the whole time. Like she just wanted hers. To fly was so comfortable and she liked being up there so much that she started finding spots on her costume to stash a copy of the New York Times. And so in between takes, she would bust out the paper and just read up there, just hanging, I, uh, hanging up on the wire. I love this one, and this one is baffling to me. You put this in the trivia. After the sisters yep. are first defeated, the children celebrate among several other famous sets. Houses visible on the street include Thor Birch's character's home from American Beauty. That one blows my mind. So, so that would, of course, be later. American Beauty comes out right. in 99, which is six years later. But which yeah, that awesome. house is part of that that area. <laughs> Highly controversial Thor Birch role in that yes. one. We won't say why. Yes. Um, the Griswold house from National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. And, and Darren, it's so it's, obvious. Because if you've I never noticed the Bewitched times, house in there. Uh-huh. The, the original Bewitched house from the 60s is in there. Uh, the Griswold one in particular, the, if I remember correctly, the Bewitched one goes really fast. But the Griswold one is so obvious. If you've watched Christmas Vacation as much as I have, which is literally every year for 20 every Halloween. years of my life. Uh, <laughs> you, of course, it doesn't have the Christmas lights, but you know exactly what you're looking at. It's the same tree, the same bush, all the same stuff in the front yard. Uh, but it's the last one there that's super obvious. You yeah, quite yeah. That. the fountain behind them while they dance is the same one from the Friends opening credit, which is also pretty crazy yeah. to think that they had all that yep. in there. Um, so yep. Hocus Pocus really setting some standards here. Now we didn't actually do the epilogues thing; we just made fun of part two. Um, that's fine. <laughs> well, is it where we, you know the real epilogues is what do you what should happen? Exactly, what that's what I'm saying. Now, for me, well, I mean, they all died technically. They all so, died the first like, time. It don't matter. Bring that's them back what I mean. again. But so, they didn't recast the spell. They didn't do the curse. They just turned to stone. In the well, first one? one of them turned to stone, and they one all three stone, exploded. The others like exploded into glitter. And then after she turned into stone, she exploded. Sarah had explained this to me, to me, by the way. I didn't understand why that happened at all. I had never thought about it. So the sun causes them to blow up into the hollowed ground. Turned her to stone. It's the hallowed ground. Yeah, because yeah. she lands on the hallowed ground, she turns to stone, and then she blows up on the sun. But they came back again. Yep. So what that means is, if yes. you have a supply of black flame candles, you can bring these bitches and back. virgins and virgins. Well, good luck finding that in this day and age. Oh. Kids are banging each Shady. other, doing meth. <laughs> Shady, you'll like this. I didn't catch this until this time watching it. Um, they specifically, I think it's Allison, references that the Allison or Max won because they're reading the plaque on it. The black flame candle is not just a random thing. It's made from the fat of a hanged man. Yes. Yeah. So hang some more fat guys and bring out some candles and we can have us Hocus Pocus 3. Um, which need a virgin. Which at this point, you know, I... If if I were you know doing Hocus Pocus three, you, you can't just do the Sanderson sisters again. So what you would have to do is Pretty they young. they would have no they would have kids they would have long lost daughters that no one knew about that are coming back <laughs> to try to bring them back or something. And then the three of them do come back at the very end as like a little you know oh hey it's us remember us wink wink nudge nudge. Um, <clears throat> the only way you could do Hocus Pocus three in my opinion. Is do away with Kathy and Jimmy and and Bette Midler and just give the whole thing to Sarah Jessica Parker. In fact, reunite the cast <laughs> it's of their summer vacation in hell. Reunite the cast of Sex of the City as the witches. So Sarah Jessica Parker, Kim Cattrall, 
and the other two because I don't remember their names. Um, well, not Kim Cattrall because she didn't come back for the show. Of she was like, I guess she was ostracized. She she had a falling out with them. So it's Sarah Jessica Parker and the other two. Call it which which in the city? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not good at naming things. Um, that's the third movie, and it's just them living their They're, life, falling in love. Um, I can't. Sarah I can't Sarah Sanderson know. has a column in the paper where she talks about lo- her love life. It's it's a good movie. It won't be on Disney Plus. It'll be on HBO Max. Um, there is hardcore nudity. Hunter, go ahead. <laughs> so this is a Disney movie, right? Disney's Not current go to for everything television is uh, is Marvel and Star Wars. Oh Jesus Christ! So you know how God, this has to go. Are we going to get the Hocus Pocus universe? And it's the Hocus be... Pocus universe. Oh. So the next time, or, so first or of all, they get summoned by the Scarlet Witch. <laughs> so first of all you've already had the first two the first time they were straight up villains the second time toward the end they get the redemption story which means in the third one they're the protagonists maybe yeah we want them on the tra- on the poster and in the trailer anyway they're the only ones that people are coming to see so yeah. in the third one they are the protagonists so you're gonna have to introduce something more supernatural and more evil than and, them that and, they can only defeat they're the and, only ones who can do it and it has to be an older actress from that kind of same era so my yep. best pick would be like Cloris um, Leachman, Sandra Bullock, um, maybe. Um, <laughs> uh, Cloris Leachman, by the way, who someone who they sought out for Winifred originally before they went with Ben Midler. I think ben, um, ben Midler was a good choice. Uh, she was the correct choice. I also, I also yeah. like the um, the collaboration between Bette Midler and Krusty the Clown. They had a horse they called <laughs> Crudler. Uh, <laughs> Crudler. <laughs> so so yeah no they they bring them back as the not as the like full-on protagonist because you still got to have kids who did a dumb thing and that's why they're back um but this time they bring them back intentionally because they're the only ones that can combat whatever the new evil is and so they're basically deadpool right they're yeah. they're anti-heroes they're yeah. not good people technically but they're used for for good purposes yeah. and then yeah eventually you get all the spinoffs you get uh, well, you get the oh. <laughs> for, for shannon's sake you get the sarah jessica parker show you Thank get you. uh ben midler doing a six-part miniseries that's Crudler. just about winifred it's it's it's, it's winifred it's becoming winifred a starlet and, and, no, and, and, and she's becoming a star and then yeah. uh mary has her own cooking show on HGTV. And and that would be they would do shorts. There would be like little 15 minute shorts that she would do like cooking stuff. Yeah, but the, the um, crazy part though is the ending when they fight the big bad and they're not strong enough to fight them on their own. So Bette Midler, yeah. she she looks at the enemy which I'm assuming at this point is a giant army of of demon hellspawn and she goes, "Witches, yeah. assemble." And then portals start opening, and there's there's the Scarlet Witch. There is uh the witch Samantha from from, Be- witch. from Beavis and Butthead, <laughs> and, and leave it to Beaver. Get Sabrina, all the, all, the, all, the, all, the, all the different characters are pouring through the portals. I can't play. I can't believe that you didn't say that. She looks at them and goes, "It's Pocus time." <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> Oh my. Uh, I also I want the I, <laughs> when they remake these movies because obviously they can't do it off the originals you got to remake them of course I want the sequel to be called Two Hocus to Pocus <laughs> um, no <laughs> well Hunter no 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 what they're gonna do is they're gonna do an all male reboot and uh, <laughs> it's gonna. <laughs> 
god. Starring really, Charles I'm, Rocket. No, well. I'm really looking forward to, to Chris well, Hemsworth. Well, if it's Disney, for some the, reason, uh, they'll have the Josh Gad in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know the only be. thing I ever liked Josh Gad in? I've only I've only seen two things that he's been in, and of oh, the two, no, I know the answer to this. I know the answer to this. Although I can't think of the name of the movie, but it's the one where Lupita Nyong'o yes. is the the yes. yeah, she's the school teacher at the zombie thing. What's it's, that you remember that one, Lindsay? Off the top of my head, no, no, no. no I mean, movie no, no. I mean, do you remember the movie we're talking about? It was Little Monsters. Little Monsters. That's you remember because called. they're on the field trip. It's the guy uh, who's like a loser, and he he goes with his what is his uh, nephew or something on this field trip, basically. And it's Lupita, Lupita Nyong'o, and she's the teacher, and she's leading the kids uh, to, oh, to. Yes, no, that movie zombies. was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yep. and Josh Gad Josh plays Gad the asshole entertainer. Huge piece. Of yes. Oh fuck. Yes, yeah. he's the entertainer. He's like fuck yeah. all of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that was great. Also, that movie was great. Also, if you're keeping record out there, yes, Lupita Nyong'o, crush that crush button. Um, anyway, she was so good in that movie. That's a good movie. That was a fantastic yep. movie. Anyway, we're talking about Hocus Pocus. Lindsay, what would you like to see as Hocus Pocus three? And then we're gonna wrap this thing up. Honestly, at this point, I think they need to go animated. And then just bring them in to do the voices. Oh, I like that. What is wrong with you? Because then you could still have it be them in the form that you want them to be in. And again, I think they just don't learn. And they just want to come back and be eternally young and do their witchy thing. Yeah, just re- so, why not just rehash the same plot over and over again? It's a fucking Disney film. I mean... <laughs> You just said it yourself. It's a fucking Disney film. And oh, I wasn't being sarcastic. Disney, I can 100% yeah. agree with that. Yeah, no, I wasn't being sarcastic. And then what they'll do is they'll take the third one, and in a couple of years, they'll put it in the Disney vault. And then you have to wait 40 years for really it to come back out. They don't really put back in the vault anymore, though, because, like... Oh, yeah. Well, when they found... Unless, they, it's, unless it's racist, they've taken it all back out. When they found Disney's head in there... They were like, because Whoa. literally the only animated <laughs> things they don't have on Disney Plus right now, for some it. reason, is one of the compilation films. I think it's uh, Melody Time is the one that's. It's either Melody Time or Make Mine Music is the only one not on there. And then obviously Songs of the South they haven't put anywhere because of yay racism. Justice for so. Briar Rabbit. Bring back Songs of the South. I mean, if nothing else, just bring out the animated parts right and leave the too. rest of it away. <laughs> don't just don't play. What? Don't play Splash the. Splash uh, Mountain is no longer themed to no. any of that. I nope. changed it to it's, it's Princess Tiana's and the Frog. Bayou Adventure now. My only request yep. is in the process of becoming. If you bring back Songs of the South, Disney, listen to me. If you bring back Songs they of the won't. South, they won't. They, they won't. They won't. If ever. you do, no. just they don't won't. make it the version that Disney showed at private parties. <laughs> Much worse. No. <laughs> Much worse. Much worse. All right. Oh, that's we're, terrible. We're going to call it there real quick. Uh, Hunter, next week, what do we have on tap for extras and epilepsies? Yep. Eps- uh-huh. ec- extras <laughs> and epilepsies. What do we got? <laughs> well, ironically enough, in the same week that uh, that Saturday, not this Saturday, but that Saturday, we'll be heading up to the Fox Theater uh, to see the stage performance that some of you have already seen. Um, I mean... Yeah. Next Wednesday, we are are bringing on for the first time on Extras and Epilogues one Shelby Kimball to discuss, you have of course, to check your work schedule. Right? <laughs> no, we don't do these things in advance. We tell <laughs> you the day of, and you figure it out. Also, you're skipping uh, this Friday. 
Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah I got my, my days uh, off there. So so this, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, okay, quickly to finish that out, next week, the ghost host with the most is Beetlejuice um, with, with Shelby. But this week is the very first time for Extra Snapalog since we started this show back new this night. summer yeah. um, that we are, yeah, we're on a new night and we're calling it the double feature. So you got Hocus Pocus this week, but this Friday, because it's a very, Shannon, <sighs> specific day of the week yeah it is friday the 13th and because tanner the man himself tanner calvert loves his friday the 13th jason (laughs) jason Voorhees uh really wanted to talk about uh friday the 13th part four the it's called the final chapter i think if i read it correctly when i look lies well okay well well to be fair to be fair let me break that down for you real quick uh just to flex my knowledge on tanner so friday the 13th part one is about his mother it's jason Voorhees' Mm -hmm. mother killing these kids because of what happened to her son jason uh pamela Voorhees. the second one is jason it's jason that was thought to be long dead but he's actually a crazy killer and he kills people the third one same thing the fourth one same thing um the reason it's called <laughs> the final chapter is because they well spoiler alert but they kill jason off in this legitimately he he dies in this movie uh the fifth yeah. one is the one where they bring back a different person who's not jason and people were pissed off about that so in the sixth one they resurrect him and that's when he becomes a zombie um, and that's what mm. he's been ever since then. So he yeah. actually does start as a human being and then turns into a zombie. And I'll get to take yeah. Tanner to task this this Friday because he loves the hockey mask. I hate the hockey mask. Have you ever seen? Oh. Have you ever seen Jason Voorhees in part two? I with the the cloth sack, the potato sack. Is that the yeah. One? yeah. To me, that is a <laughs> yeah. lot scarier. But I am in the minority yeah. apparently. So so importantly too, Tanner also picked. Part four, he picked the final chapter because he says that it's the, like the best one it's or not. the one that we really got to talk about. Everything I've read about it does not trend that direction. Now, importantly, here's here's where I get to be the difference maker. I've never seen this movie. Or if I have, I do not remember it because I've only seen some Friday the 13th stuff. I'm right. obviously well aware of who and what Jason is and what he does. But what of those movies I've seen, I do not remember. Brett Wiley ran me through a crash course of them in college. That was 20 years ago. So, so the first Friday the 13th is arguably the best one because it has Kevin Bacon. Yeah. It has Pamela Voorhees. It's it's the most sensical one. Um, all yeah. the ones past that are just like it's for Friday the 13th fans. The reason I think you pick number four is because number four introduces Tommy Jarvis. And Tommy Jarvis yeah. is as close as Friday the 13th has to a protagonist Harvey to go Price. against. Yeah. yeah. No, Lindsay. No. Um, so that's this Friday. So, yeah, this Friday, the man himself, Tanner Calvert, is Friday the 13th. We're talking about Friday the 13th, the final chapter. That's the second part of our double feature. And then, yes, next week we'll have Shelby in to discuss Beetlejuice. And then, because we shuffled our schedule around, Shannon, you now get the last Wednesday of October. Yes. What are we doing? We're going over quite possibly the greatest horror film of all time other than the thing the thing is a sci-fi horror this is more of a standard mm-hmm. horror, horror uh directed by uh, john landis it is i always want to say max landis because of that fucker um it's his son it is directed by john landis it is the uh best werewolf movie of all time hands down an american werewolf in london it's the picture i have on my facebook right now i put it up every year as my cover photo the scariest werewolf um it's it's a comedy that's legitimately funny it's legitimately scary it's everything. So that is going to yep. be, and this is before John Landis did um, Twilight Zone, the movie, and pretty much ruined his career by killing <laughs> kids. So, yeah, yeah. 
We haven't uh, we haven't talked about a guest for that show either. So far, it's just me and you. I think it's just me and you. It might just be me. It honestly. might just be me and you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, no, no. So I importantly, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I have seen it, and I've seen it several times. Uh, I do want to watch it again and have like a full in depth discussion. About maybe it, so. you know what? I'm going to try to get Bob. Oh, what a gift a that would be order. for us! Yeah. That to, is to to use some Candela terminology. That's a high stakes role. Yeah, to get the, a- <laughs> the, the Jack McNeil on the show to talk about an American Werewolf in London. I'm going to try. That'd it. be awesome. We'll see how it goes. Awesome. First time ever on Podzilla 1985. You tell him his face doesn't have to be on the video for this end. He it's might. an audio podcast. Yours hasn't been all night. No, I forgot. Anyway, did I ever tell you? So <laughs> speaking of Beetlejuice, uh, Lindsay and Shelby and Jesse saw the stage play. Um, what mm-hmm. last year? I think. Uh, yeah, it was last October. Yeah, was it okay? Yeah, yeah. I tried. It was, it was November-ish. It was November. I tried. It, it, it's it's whenever the Nationals <sighs> tour started because we got to go opening night of the National tour because it was in Paducah, and right. I didn't realize it was opening night of the National tour. I just thought it was a stop. I didn't realize yeah. it was literally we're doing one show and then the tour starts. So. Right. Okay, I've now muted Lindsay from the show, and let me explain why. Because I want to just get this fucking joke out. I had a whole joke about me and Lauren Boebert in in the theater, and Lindsay won't let me get it out because she talks too much. I'm now unmuting her. Welcome back to the show. It's such a good show. If you have the opportunity to get tickets, go get it. It Lauren Boebert is a smoke show. She's a bitch. Beetlejuice the That's stage true. show is in the it's in the the Fox Theater for the next two weeks. I think I think we're going on the last weekend. It's there. So all right. Oh so good. Yeah. All right. Well, we stalled to we an hour. Congratulations, it. everybody. We did it. Uh, that's it for us <laughs> tonight. Is the best song. And she still. T- that's the end of the show. We'll be back tomorrow with an all new After Dark. No. What's it called? Yes. No, you're right. <clears throat> well, it's it's called Are You Afraid of PZ-85 After Dark? Unless Tanner can get his ass out of, I don't know, Pornland, wherever he goes, and uh, and and watch or take part in the episode. We don't have a we don't have a and subject what, and, yet. Yeah, I was gonna say, what are we doing? I'll figure that know. out. Yeah, I picked it last week and it was fantastic. Probably the best one we've ever done. A lot of people are saying that. Yes. Anyway, that's it for us tonight. We'll be back tomorrow with all new episodes. Uh, until then, the balcony is closed. Thank you from myself, Hunter, and Lindsay. And Lindsay, uh, since you are the uh, focus to my focus, go ahead and take us out. Speed bump. <laughs>